0: Welcome to this installment of the Pittsburgh Steelers Morning Podcast, free agency week one wrap-up. This is Brian Giardo. Good enough to join me today is Scott Allen. And uh, once again, too, you can always find our work at dot sportscom and check out our Facebook page. Uh, normally we post every couple of hours, but this week it's been about every hour. Uh, you can find that page. Just type in, in the Facebook search engine. Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports. So we got a great show for you today. It's all free agent talk for the most part. If we have time, we might get to some some social media stuff. Andrew Williams doing his Kate Manning bashing and Antonio Brown doing his Dancing with the Stars stuff. But first, Scott, let's, let's talk about free agency. Uh, let's, let's get uh, across the information that Steelers fans need to know about. Um, the Steelers this week on Thursday made it official. They signed Ladarius Green to a four-year deal. A pretty good deal if you're the Steelers. Uh, it's going to average 4 to $5 million a year. Uh, Ladarius had some nice things to say about the team uh, today in his press conference. Uh, doesn't have great stats. 37 catches, four scores last year was his highest uh, production total in his four years at San Diego. He had some, some injury issues that he talked about today uh, with the Steelers media. Uh, he also played alongside Antonio Gates, who is a surefire Hall of Famer. He was re-signed by San Diego, which left... Uh, Green looking for a team. The Steelers grabbed him. Uh, Scott, uh, talk about Green, and uh, are you happy or are you not happy with the fact that the Steelers uh, went this route to get Green as opposed to trying to find a free agent uh, in the draft?
1: Well, first off, thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate being on with you. Um, I am very happy with the Ladarius Green signing. Um, When I was looking at free agent tight ends after Heath retired, um, you know, some of the names, Jared uh, Cook, Uh, Gresham, Kobe Cleaner. Ladarius was one of those guys that I was thinking if the Steelers could sneak him in and get him signed quickly, it would be big for them this year. Um, He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's everything that Ben likes in a tight end, and he stretches the middle of the field. So as a fan's
0: perspective, I am very happy with that sign. I am too. well, Some of the... I don't want to say worries, but some of the things I've been reading on our comment section on Facebook is he is more of a wiry frame. He's kind of remarkable. We have the the Tribune review said he, he just looks very thin. I mean he's he's six six two thirty seven. In contrast, Heath Miller was you know about two fifty six, and he was six foot five. So he's almost thirty pounds lighter than Miller. But uh, if you couple what he can do, Green can do with a Jesse James who's a Maven in the red zone. I think that, and I think you would agree, that's the one thing you can say about the Steelers offense last year that needs improved is that red zone. And I think a lot of Steelers fans are also worried with Green coming in that the Steelers have given up on Jesse James. I don't think that's the case at all. I just think that the Steelers, you know, at this point before, you know, yesterday they only had two tight ends. They had Matt Space, who's not getting any younger, and they had Jesse James who well, you know his career is promising. His future is promising. Uh, he needed some help. So I don't know, Scott. Personally, I, I agree with you, and I, I think I'm sure you would agree that you know this guy might not be the blocker Heath Miller was, but he certainly is going to be a huge help in the red zone.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with that. You know, Jesse James essentially last year was his senior year since he came out as a junior, and he took some major strides in the second half of the season. Um, I think most Steelers fans were happy with the progression they saw in him. Um, You know, and having Matt Spate there still as, you know, your primary uh, tight end blocker to also teach him the system, I think is, uh, you know, a, a priority for both him and Green to possibly learn from Spate on what the Steelers want in the run blocking also. So yeah, I think it was a I think it was a good signing. I think we'll see positive things. Obviously, health, you know, that's with any football player. Are they going to be healthy? Right. I know they said he had a couple concuss- Green had a couple of concussions early on last year, and that kind of limited him. But uh, I know also out in San Diego, um, you know, that uh, they were looking, you know, for uh, for the tight end. Uh, his name slips my mind. Off, the uh, soon-to-be Hall of Famer. Oh, Antonio Gates, right. Uh, Gates, I'm sorry. He had wanted the ball more. So, I mean, he kind of saw that they were wanting to get Green mixed in um, more. And, you know, once he got hurt, he was getting the ball more. So, I'm very happy with it. I think it's going to work out well for the Steelers this year.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy definitely is a a catch-first, block-second guy. But the Steelers did say that that they are impressed with his blocking, which – some people say, well, yeah, that's what you pay a tight end to do. But, you know, in today's modern-day NFL, a lot of times tight ends like Gronk and whatnot are just – they just line up in the slot. So, you know, the fact that the Steelers did, did say that they like the fact that he can block it is definitely a promising thing that they got a well-rounded guy in green. And, and I think the other thing where the Steelers win in the situation, they don't have to waste – or not waste, but spend a draft pick now on a tight end. They've got green. They might bring in another one just for competition. But as it stands now. They've got three very good tight ends. And, again – you're going to see, and the Steelers emphasize this today that it won't be Jesse James just sitting on the sidelines. They fully intend on using both of them throughout the season, specifically in the red zone. Where now, I mean, this this offense really just could be a tear, you know, in every facet, not just you know up until the 20-yard line. We're talking in any situation that they're put in. Uh, moving on, uh, you know, we addressed Ladarius Green. The Steelers have 15 other. Uh, Unrestricted free agents just sitting out there right now. Uh, A couple of them made some some news today. Cam Thomas visited with Seattle. That news came out early Thursday morning. A few hours later it came out that the Steelers, uh, you know, Cam Thomas is not in the Steelers' plan. So we'll just kind of get that out there right now that we don't see Cam Thomas, you know, playing with the Steelers again, and and we wish him the best of luck. He played two years uh, with the Steelers. Uh, You know, another guy that's still out there is Kelvin Beecham. Uh, you know, the Steelers signed his buddy, Ramon Foster, on the O-line uh, yesterday, early yesterday morning, Wednesday morning, uh, since this podcast is being done on Thursday. And will air it on Friday morning here on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports. But uh, there's still hope the Steelers can get Beachum. Uh, there's reports out there that he might be open to signing a one-year, a one-year deal, then to try to bump up his equity since he's coming off that ACL tear earlier this year. He thinks he may be signing a one-year deal now, proving his value and then maybe he'll get a better offer next year. We'll start w- with him and then we'll get to Brandon Boykin, maybe some other guys that are free agents. Uh Scott, who do you do you see the Steelers resigning Beachum and do you think they should re sign him?
1: Um, I know they offered him a one year deal, um, and I know that I think the Ravens were looking at him. Um I'm not so sure. Um I know Sten likes him and I know that he is a good to great left tackle. Um, I don't know how much you're willing to spend on somebody coming off of that injury. Um, I know they liked Villanueva. Um, For me, Villanueva, he came on a lot last year. I know a lot of people like him. Um, The one thing with Villanueva, I would say, is I did see him get pushed into Ben quite, quite a bit towards the end of the year. Just he's so tall and a lot of people were getting leverage under him. So, I would say if the if the Steelers don't see another option at left tackle in the first or second round, and, you know, they know what they're going to get from a healthy Kelvin Beachum, I just, I don't know if you break the bank um, to sign him long-term. It just depends on what other teams are willing to give him because, you know, at this stage in those guys' career, I mean, they are looking for the biggest bang for their buck also. Um, again, I don't know what, if the Steelers are looking first or second round for left tackle, you know, in case Beecham does sign elsewhere, or if they think Villanueva is the left tackle. Personally, I think, you know, he's a good backup, Villanueva is, but, you know, he did play well. But uh, I think that as the whole season goes on, that he could be a very big liability at left tackle uh, for an entire season.
0: It's interesting, Scott, to your point, and I agree with you. I mean, I remember Tom about Ali- pretty much just ran right by him to sack, uh, was it Landry Jones near the end of the Chiefs game that the Steelers lost, which actually ended up being, a am going to say, a good loss, but it was a good loss because no one knew at that time how good Kansas City was going to be. I remember at that time people thought that was a big letdown game. But the thing with that, that interests me with the Beecham situation is the Steelers really like the, the progress they saw in Villainville and the Wave near the end of the season, and he did. I think we both agree he did improve as the year went on. But it seems like, they really are helping on him being their starting left tackle. And if Beecham comes back, he'll have to play another position. I, I'm not that sold on Villanueva just saying right now, okay, he's our starting left tackle. But apparently the Steelers, you see enough in him that they really want him to come back and be that starting left tackle. I think a part of it, too, is that as of now, Villanueva is a much cheaper deal than Beecham. Beecham's going to want a good deal. But obviously the Steelers know something that we don't because they let Beecham test the market. And as day two comes to an end, um, in the next couple of hours, uh, Beecham still is, is out there. So uh, I definitely could see him coming back to the Steelers if the Steelers don't have to get in a bidding war to keep him. But I think there is such a thing as having too many offensive linemen because if you bring back Beecham, now you're stunning Villanueva's growth because obviously the only chance you get to really improve is to get more playing time. So. I see him coming back to the Steelers just because I don't think he's going to get any great offers anywhere else. I think he's going to get a, a good deal for the, with the Steelers, and I think he'll compete with Villanueva as starting left tackle. That also brings us to the Brandon Boykin saga, which just was a big topic of conversation throughout the season. If you recall, the Steelers, uh, after Sanquez Golson, their second-round pick last year, succumbed to an injury during training camp. The Steelers desperately needed another cornerback. Uh, They had William Gay, the Antoine Blake, and and they needed to get a couple other guys. Cortez Allen had the injuries and whatnot. So they go get Brandon Boykin. They get him in a trade with the Eagles, and here's the rub with this situation. If Boykin played more than 60% of the snaps, the Steelers owed Philly a fourth-round pick. If he played less than 60, it's a fifth-round pick. So Boykin ends up playing well less than 60%. He barely sees the field the first two months of the year. The Steelers come out later and say the reason why Boykin didn't play was because the team just didn't trust him in certain situations, specifically in the slot, which is William Gay's bread and butter. But Gay, that's Gay's position once again, and he wasn't in that that rotation at cornerback that Ross Cockrell was in, Antoine Blake, and then later Brandon Boykin after the Week 12 debacle to Seattle where Russell Wilson threw for five touchdowns. Boykin is saying that's not the case. He's saying that the Steelers pretty much blackballed him and didn't let him play because they didn't want to give up a fourth round pick, and that came out today as Boykin is doing interviews right now, and he is still sitting out there. No one has taken him yet, along with with uh, Calvin Beecham. Which side do you agree with, Scott, or do you think it's a little bit of both? The Steelers are telling some truths, and so is Boykin.
1: Um, I say a little of both. I, I don't mean to sound like a company man here, but I believe the Steelers on this one. I don't. If he was uh, going to help the team go twelve and four. Or 11 and five, or 13 and three, I, they would have played. Uh, it would have been worth a fourth round pick to get, you know, uh, a first round buy for a team that, you know, every year is their their goal is to win the Super Bowl. So I think that they're, uh, you know, what the Steelers are saying is, you know, there were certain situations that, you know, he may not have been uh, familiar with what they wanted from him in those packages. I could definitely see that because to me a fourth or fifth round, if it, you, you know, you get one or two more wins because you got a guy in there who's going to make plays. Uh, if, if you think that the, it's going to leave the middle of the field wide open and you're going to get burnt for bigger plays than, you know, keeping, uh, Toprell in there, giving him a chance or, uh, you know, whoever was playing the slot. Um, I kind of believe what the Steelers have to say on this part of it. I understand what Boykin might think that, um, but, you know, we're not on the inside to know the whole the whole reason behind it. But I, I tend to believe, you know, what the Steelers have to say on this side. I don't know why you wouldn't play him if he couldn't be there to help the team.
0: I totally agree with you, Scott. And I, and I think, you know, anybody that watched the Steelers secondary last year knew that they needed help. <laughs> it doesn't matter from where. If you have right. guys just sitting yeah. there that can help. I mean, he also had a groin injury that I don't, not a lot of people are talking about. You know, he had a groin injury, so he didn't. He missed some practices early, you know, during his time with the Steelers. Um, And Cockrell, honestly, he did a good job. I mean, there was a point against, you know, Seattle kind of came to a head where you say, okay, Oakland threw for a lot of yards. Johnny Manziel threw for a lot of yards. Now Russell Wilson, I mean, pretty much just, you know, ruined the secondary. You have Antoine Blake out there with an injured thumb, and and God bless him. He did what he could, but he was getting exposed. So I agree with you. I mean, you would think the Steelers aren't petty enough to say, well, we're going to sacrifice two losses because we don't want to give up a fourth-round pick. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right. And in all honesty, you know, I'll give it back to you to kind of close this, this Boykin conversation out. I don't want him back, to be honest. I hope the Steelers don't bring him back because I don't want a player going to a media complaining about the Steelers' use or, or non-use of. You know, him Him saying this stuff to the media today comes off as petty. I don't think he's a bad guy. I mean, he said some nice things about Mike Tomlin because Tomlin gave him some advice, told him to test the free agent market. But I, I think there's a reason why the Steelers aren't probably going to re-sign him, and I think a lot of it's just because this isn't the first time that Boyd has gone to the media complaining about his lack of playing time. And, I, you know, I, I believe in, in everybody's right to free speech and things of that nature, but it does not look good when you talk about the Steelers' coaching staff and some of their decisions.
1: Right. I, I think, you know, most Steelers fans, myself included, I was ecstatic that he was coming in. I, I was like, oh, this is going to be – this is going to be what we need, you know, somebody with some tenacity and, you know, from what you saw in Philadelphia, this was a guy that was going to, you know, bring some attitude to that secondary. And week after week, we didn't see him in there and it was like, where's Boykin, where's Boykin. And we just didn't see it. Um, We saw some, you know, some, some of it late in the year when they, you know, needed to put more people in there because, you know, we had other liabilities happening in the secondary. So, yeah, it was frustrating, and it's just too bad that if it doesn't work out and he doesn't resign. It's 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 too bad that we didn't get what we were hoping for, but that's happened before too. That's a chance you take.
0: It is absolutely, and it it might happen with Ladarius Green. We certainly hope not, and we don't think it'll happen. But it, that's just, and that's one of the reasons why the Steelers don't do a lot of things in free agency, just because of that. You know, when you draft a guy, you're investing that much into him, and and there, there's more at stake and whatnot. But, yeah, with free agents, you just don't know. And, and not, you know, fortunately for the Steelers, D'Angelo Williams worked out. We're hoping Ladarius Green certainly works out more than Brandon Boykin. And speaking of another cornerback and free agent that we want to discuss, I'm sorry, a safety is Eric Weddle. It came out today that the Steelers currently think he's just too expensive. Obviously, Eric Weddle is, you know, he he's getting a lot of attention on the open market, and his value is just rising. I know the Raiders are one of the teams looking at him. Uh, there's serious talks. He might go there. But, you know, Weddle said, I think, last week that he, he wants to play for a winner. And no, no knock on Oakland, but when was their last playoff win? Uh, 2002. So it's been a decade-plus since they won a playoff game. So that might come into it, but the Steelers, you know, Aditi Kluzavala of NFL Network said that the Steelers aren't ruling it out, but they're just waiting for maybe the price tag to go down a little bit. Do you see the Steelers getting Weddle, and do you want to see the Steelers take him?
1: You know, I agree on the whole price tag thing because I mean he is 31 years old. Um, I last year when we played him, I'm, I can't remember if he played when we played San Diego. I can't remember if he, he played not or play. not. Okay, and so you know that there's an injury factor, and I'm sure again these guys are looking for their biggest bang for their buck, which no one can blame them for. Um, sure. If if he doesn't play for a contender, you know the Steelers would be that would fit that bill. Um, I'm just not sure how many years he wants. You know, you know, Troy was Troy was what, thirty-two or thirty three when, you know, Pittsburgh forced him into retirement. Um, this guy's thirty one, so how many how many years are you willing to give him how much guaranteed money? And you know, how much left does he have in the tank? Um you know, he is a big hitter. That's something that we've been lacking with you know, coming to the line since Troy's left. Um but we need somebody who can cover. And you know, you know, I thought Will Allen did a, a decent job of that last year, especially for his age. Um, but we need somebody to come in that can not only hit. They got to be able to, to cover. You know, whoever's on them, whether it's a tight end or whoever. There's got to be somebody that you know. And maybe there is other people out there, or maybe they got somebody lined up in the draft. But I would like to see him there. But yeah, again, you don't want to break the bank. I think for a 31 year old safety who's coming off injury.
0: I agree with you. I, I love what the Steelers are doing. They're pretty much – I mean, the Steelers are making some firm stands out there. I mean, they're pretty much saying, this is what we're going to offer you. Take it or leave it. And I, and I think that's why they got, you know, Ramon Foster at a, at a discount, you know, hometown discount. They got William Gay at a hometown discount. They also signed, uh, you know, Golden uh, earlier this week, Darius hayward Bay. I mean, they got good deals. I mean, they, they spent less than, than $10 million on those guys. Uh, you know, for next year, all five guys are going to average total, like, Nine point six five million dollars against the cap, so the Steelers are definitely winning right now when it comes to free agency. And and I think one thing that that we haven't talked about is you know, yes the Steelers aren't the richest team in the NFL, but when you have a salary cap that somewhat evens out the playing field, then it comes down to where do players want to play, and Pittsburgh's a place that that you know predominantly wins and wins championships and has a good fan a strong fan base and has kind of the family oriented atmosphere, and I think that's why you're seeing players taking, I don't want to say pay cuts, but taking hometown discounts to stay. I mean, the Ladarius Green thing, I mean, it was reported, you know, within five minutes that he was going to talk to the Steelers, and then he was going to sign there, and you look at the, I mean, there was really no bidding wars between him and the Steelers, it was—it seemed like there were no negotiation things, it was just, here's our offer, and then he takes it. So I think there's definitely something to be said about people just, just wanting to play in Pittsburgh. And I think in Eric Weddle's case, it's going to come down to this. Does he want to take more money and go to a bad team? Or does he want to take a little less money and play and have a chance to win a Super Bowl? So I agree with you. I would like to have Eric Weddle, but I also don't want to see the Steelers breaking the bank to sign him. So I think for Weddle, he'll have to make a decision. But I love the fact that Colbert's pretty much saying, here's our cards, pick them up or leave them. And I like that. Let's talk about... um, The cornerback situation in in Pittsburgh, we've talked about it a little bit, but now I want to kind of focus in on the draft. The Steelers and Mike Tomlin were uh, at Clemson to watch their pro day on Thursday. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, he had an injury that he suffered in in the uh, Tigers, which is weird to say, playoff win over Oklahoma because we're talking college football. Uh, He was injured and did not uh, work at the Combine, and because he didn't work out at the Combine, a lot of people are saying, now, he might fall to the end of the first uh, round of the draft. And Eli Apple, who many people thought would be a, a late-round pick, has actually catapulted Alexander in a lot of mock drafts and, and actually saw him going as high as 14 to the Raiders. Out of those two guys, who do you think the Steelers should draft if you think they should go cornerback in the first uh, first round? And if you don't think it's McKenzie or Apple, what other cornerback do you like?
1: Well, I actually watched some footage today of this uh, William Jackson from Houston. I know uh, Walter football had the uh, the Steelers taking him. And his a lot of his uh highlights looked like uh supposed the Goldsmiths from last year. Very you know, a lot of tenacity, fighting for the ball, uh big hitter. Um I, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing uh Pittsburgh maybe pick him up. Um I know uh Fuller was another one that they had. Um I just know that in the Ohio State game that uh you know Michael Thomas you know, had did some things against him that I've seen other Steelers quarterbacks have trouble with. So, um, I I like William Jackson And, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, sixth round pick. We don't have one fifth round, you know, the Scobie and the Boykin. Um, I'm not sure if, if, if they want to maybe add some picks, if they wouldn't maybe trade out, if there's somebody who really wants somebody there, there's a lot of corners in this draft. Um, Depends on how far you would trade out, of course. But, uh, you know, talking about that left tackle position, you know, I'm I'm looking at Taylor Decker, you know, uh, left tackle out of high State. And I think that fits a nice bill to keep uh, Ben protected if Beecham does go elsewhere. And you could have Villanueva, you know, as a backup on right tackle, left tackle now. Again, I don't know what the front office plans are with Nueva, but anything's possible. I, I, I definitely know we don't need linebackers. <laughs> and – you know, I think we're right. there. But uh, Eli Apple uh, obviously got the height and the speed. I mean, not going to be a bad pick if he's there, and that's what that's what uh, the Steelers could use for sure. But uh, I don't know. I, I think they might right. have some other options if they're looking for more picks.
0: Personally, I would like to see not to sign Weddle. I mean, I would I would not. Obviously, I'll take the guy, but. I think for the long term, I would like to see them re-sign Will Allen if they'll if take a smaller contract, which I don't – again, this is one of those things where, where you say that he's – because he's not. I mean, it's been reported by various sources. He is one that Will Allen is not in the Steelers' plans. But doesn't mean he, it's a done deal. He might not get any suitors, which he might not. I, it's very it's – a, it's a very reasonable thing to think that he might not get a, a looks from anybody. And then he might say, okay, I'll take it. you know any kind of deal the Steelers will give me, you know, minimum veterans, minimum, whatnot. Then you draft the safety, like, you know, Von Bell, who personally I think is going to be a stud. Not just because I went there with you, because I think McKenzie's going to be better than Alexander, but I really, I think Von Bell might be on the defensive side, besides both are the best player coming out for Ohio State. I think he can play right away. But I think it'd be good if you had a Will Allen there as kind of his mentor, you know, and Robert Golden, but heck, I mean, if you've got Von Bell, if he, if he really gets it early, like Ronnie Watt 30-odd years ago with San Francisco, you start the guy as a rookie, but, there's a lot of things that they could do with that secondary. And I think, for, I totally agree with you. I, I think the Steelers are going to do. Colbert does not like the number of draft picks he has, surely. And I'm sure the Steelers might do something with that. And, and definitely with the offensive line. You know, the Steelers, there's years where their offensive line in recent, recent years, but there was times with Cordell and, and whatnot. The Steelers O line. And gosh, you remember 2008 when Ben was sacked almost 50 times? Their O line has certainly mm. been, uh, you know, less than stellar in recent years. So it's definitely a good thing that. They definitely have depth there now. Um real quick, let's let's get to the, the quarterback situation. Vic says he wants mm-hmm. to play one more year, doesn't care if Steelers or not. Would like to stay in Pittsburgh, but he's not gonna retire if the Steelers, you know, don't re sign him. You got Bruce Karkowski, the team said yesterday that they are not just ruling him out, but they definitely want to see him throw before they make a decision. You've got Landry Jones and obviously nothing's gonna happen to Ben until he hangs him up. What do you see the Steelers doing with the quarterback situation, and what three, four quarterbacks do you want to see the team bring into training camp?
1: Well, I'm. I read that uh, they said Hoyer might be a you know a natural fit to back up them since he's already been there. Um, I don't know about that. I, if you watched him last year and the second half of the year before with the Browns, I mean we might we might as well keep Landry Jones and. I'm thinking, you know, if they go through the draft, I think there's some guys there. Um, uh, Cody Kessler, Senior Bowl from uh, yeah, USC. I really like what I saw, and I, I know the Steelers. I, I believe talked to talked to him there. Um, it mm-hmm. might be time to give a uh, give another guy a chance. Um, as for Vic, I suppose if you have to, um, but I would if you're going to have to go with the backup, I would just I would think maybe Gronkowski. Um, I know he's been there long enough and you know, maybe get that third guy in there, uh, you know, a rookie and uh me from a fan perspective I, I've seen it enough out of Landry Jones. He, he he had all the snaps in preseason last year and when he got into the games he couldn't take shake it off some of them. So um but I I really like Kessler from USC if we're going if you're looking through the draft as three agents. I, I think you bring Greg Kowski back if he's healthy.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, and and you know I think that the Steelers, you know, obviously it's I I think Rukowski, if he's healthy, he should come back. I mean the guy's been with the even though he didn't play last year, he was still in the Steelers system, and, and Mike Vick gives you nothing. I mean the issue is that Vick was he was so worried about turning the ball over, which I commend him for. He didn't turn the ball over much, but he wouldn't even try to throw it to Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown kept coming to him and saying, "Listen, I man, you got to trust me," because you know Vick kept saying, "You know he's never really open," and and that's. Yeah, I mean, he's not open a lot. I mean, and Brown's under six feet tall, so you're going to have to take shots with him. And, and the fact that he couldn't gain a rapport with Antonio, just that's just that's it for me. That If you can't use this team's right. most valuable weapon, that's it. Uh, if that's not all on Vic, I mean, he came to the team before the team's fourth preseason game. He, he didn't get a lot of reps. And I agree with you, too. I mean, I give Valandre Jones credit, you know. Uh, he definitely worked. You know, he does a good job in the preseason getting the other guys ready uh you know he you know he played well in the second half against Arizona but just but yeah I mean he goes into that 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 you know Bengals game right away and throws an interception you can't have that I mean and when you look at the Bengals and Steelers AJ McCarron I mean the Steelers have no backups that good you could argue that McCarron right. I mean there are Bengals fans I know of whether it's realistic or not that wanted McCarron to keep playing over Dalton so you know I don't know I I just think the Steelers need to solidify their quarterbacks. I would bring, I, I you know, I they can bring back Jones for the preseason if they want, but I hope by the start of the year they have a, a drafted quarterback, they have Gorkowski and they have Ben, so we're in agreement there. We've got less than two minutes left, so real quick, Scott, I wanted to get your opinion on all the social media activity that's going on with the Steelers with D'Angelo Williams and him spouting off on Peyton and then the Antonio Brown dance with the Stars. Do you think the Steelers are, are too engulfed right now on social media or are you okay with, with the amount of things that are going on because it is the off season, there's really nothing else going on. I
1: would say it's probably the off season. You know, there's not not as much going on. I don't have a problem with the, you know, Antonio doing Dancing with the Stars. I'm not I'm personally not going to watch it, but uh, you know, Hines did it and it didn't seem to cause an issue. But he was more towards the end of his career. Um, you know, as for D'Angelo, um, I think that was just timing. If, if this, you know, if they're talking about it a month from now. That was just because, you know, that was the day he was retiring. You know, I, you know, I respect Peyton Manning, you know, even though I'm a Steelers fan and I, you know, despised him for years. But I really think that was just a timing thing, you know, and it sounds like Tomlin, you know, has had his talk with him and I'm sure going forward that, uh, you know, those those sorts of things won't happen again. Is it is it a big deal? No, but, you know, it's just kind of like a courtesy thing for somebody who did give a lot to the NFL and made the NFL – more popular than it's ever been. He helped have a hand in that, and I think that's kind of protecting the shield is what uh, Tomlin's getting at there with his conversation uh, that he uh, apparently had with D'Angelo about it.
0: Absolutely. And, Scott, thanks again for joining our podcast. I'm sure you'll hear from him again on future podcasts. And for signing off for Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports, the morning broadcast. Brian DiArdo signing off. Have a great day, and as always, it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.